A Weekend with Jason Dacey Replay from Money FM 89.3. Another busy week in international news. And for our International News Week in Review, we are joined by Glenn Van Zeffen, former CNN producer and anchor, head of the Van Media Group here in Singapore. Good to have you back, Glenn. Jason, great to be back. Now, a major breaking story overnight. Uh, Volcano tsunami hits Indonesia after Krakatoa eruption. At least 20 people have been killed, 165 injured after a tsunami hit the coast around in Indonesia's Sunda Strait, according to government officials. And the possible cause of the tsunami was undersea landslides after the Krakatoa volcano erupted. And this is the Sunda Strait Glen between the islands of Java and Sumatra, connecting the Java Sea to the Indian Ocean. Yeah, and specifically the beaches um, around South Sumatra and the western tip of Java. Now, local authorities say that it hit about 9.30 last night, Saturday night. So obviously the the information is is streaming out now uh, as the area is relatively remote. And from what we know, Anak Krakatoa, which is the smaller volcano that, that uh, came about after the 1883 mm-hmm. eruption of the main Krakatoa um, uh, volcano, is the one that has erupted. Um, we've seen some footage that's been posted on social media and Facebook of the moment the waves hit going some 15 to 20 meters inland. Uh, certainly not as dramatic as what we would have saw seen with the Indian Ocean uh, tsunami in 19, uh, 2004, rather. Yeah, Boxing Day 2004, yeah. wasn't it? So yeah. it not, not that magnitude yet, mm. but still, uh, you know, at, at this point, we do have multiple deaths. We have a lot of people injured. I would expect that that number is going to rise as more information comes out. Yeah, we're getting some uh, BBC reports about uh, eyewitnesses uh, explaining what happened. Uh, there was a uh, someone called Oyston Lund Anderson who was on the beach at the time, told the BBC that two waves had hit with the second much bigger than the first. And he rushed to the hotel where his family was staying and they later went to higher ground in a forest. And there'd been a heavy eruption sound prior to the tsunami. Can you imagine, you know, you're on a beach in Indonesia and we, of course, spoke about this back in uh, 2004 after the Boxing Day tsunami and you were with a family and suddenly something like this happens. It's, it must be terrifying. Well, And in so many places they have installed tsunami warning devices. Uh, and I don't know specifically if this particular area that's been affected uh, this weekend has has those or not. But they have seen an increased activity in recent months around uh, Anak Krakatoa, some uh, 127 active volcanoes in that region, right, mm. around the archipelago. So this is certainly nothing new to them to have uh, volcanic activity, to have seismic activity. Um, the country's geologic agency said that the volcano had erupted for more than two minutes um, uh, on, f- on Friday, uh, uh, putting an ash cloud some 400 meters uh, above the mountain. So you know, the last few days have been active, mm. um, and obviously it's culminated in a big event last night that has had some impact on the people there. Yep, we'll be uh, following that story here on Money FM uh, during the week. This is our International News Week in Review with uh, Glenn Van Zeffen, former CNN anchor. And a big story from last week, Glenn, was um, Gatwick Airport, somewhere that you and I know quite well. It's the, one of the main airports, second biggest airport in the UK, brought to a sand, standstill because of uh, drones flying in the area. Uh, a 47-year-old man and a 54-year-old woman being questioned over multiple drone sightings that brought Gatwick Airport to a standstill. And, you know, fights grounded for more than 36 hours from Wednesday night. Then there was another scare <laughs> more recently. And it's from this house. They're searching a house at Crawley, which is a town in Sussex near Gatwick Airport. This pair remains in custody 
I wonder what's all behind this and whether it's just some sort of recreational thing. Right. Sounds like it, doesn't it? Well, at the moment, they're still looking for an, any kind of organization that might have been behind this, terrorist or otherwise. Um, as far as what we are seeing in the media right now, they, they have not released any information indicating that it was a, a terrorist plot. But certainly these two events uh, that were happening throughout the week um, d- delayed or canceled hundreds of flights and and impacted hundreds of thousands of people waiting to mm. obviously leave on their Christmas holidays and and travel and stuff. So a, a massive problem. And it just goes to show, I mean, we all we all think drones are so much fun and yes. we take them for granted, yeah, right? But, yeah. you know, just even the slightest misuse, because ob- obviously the airport officials are worrying that somebody might fly a drone into one of the engines of the mm-hmm. plane, right? Which could, could cause obviously some, some catastrophic damage. Interestingly, here in Singapore, to bring the story a little bit closer to home, um, you know, the Singapore government has several different ways to to uh, deal with drones, and we've seen this in the in the Sunday Straits Times today. There's a really nice story um, on on page three about the um, the technology that's used here. Everything from radio jamming technology mm-hmm. uh, to take over, in effect, take control of the drone if some foreign person or power or whatever is is operating it, all the way to a gun that shoots a net like device that that you know f- literally goes up and puts a net around the drone and causes it to fall to the ground, right? Wow. So it's quite interesting. There's a couple of high-tech and not-so-high-tech mm, uh, things that mm. could happen. And they were talking about using some of this jamming uh, radar uh, or drone jamming uh, technology to use in Gatwick uh, in the Gatwick case as well. I'm surprised there haven't been more cases like this because it does seem to be a, a rather uncomfortable uh, thing that possibly can cause uh, major issues. Absolutely. And, and we know, uh, of course, Singapore has very, very strict rules about where you can and cannot fly. And even around certain events, right, when mm. it comes down to the uh, Marina Bay area at the yeah. major holidays, you know, drones are not permitted to be flown, uh, et cetera. So uh, Singapore is very much on top of this. But as we've seen today, or, or these last couple of days, mm. uh, a couple of errant uh, operators can really have a massive effect on a lot of people. Yeah. And another story coming out of the UK as we look at our International News Week in Review with Glenn Van Seffen, former CNN anchor. Ex-Liberal Democrats leader Paddy Ashdown has died at the age of 77 after a short illness. He's the uh, former MP for Yeovil. He was a man that, uh, Glenn, I followed very closely when I lived in the UK in the 1980s. Sure. He was the longest serving leader of the Liberal Democrats in its history. And I can remember him as a very dashing figure in the 1980s. Mm. And here he is at the age of 77, uh, you know, passing away um, after an illness. Yeah, uh, he was active from uh, 88 to 99. Mm. And many people uh, have, have listed him as kind of a reason they got into politics. Uh, Sir Nick Clegg has, has been a uh, former Liberal Democratic uh, Party leader, has said yep. that, you know, Lord Ashton was, was the reason he got into politics. Uh, he had such a, a positive impact on him. Mm. Um, he did step down in about 2001. So he obviously has not been part of the domestic British political scene for quite some time, but he did then transfer over and serve with the UN as the High Commissioner for uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina, helping them kind of get through their post-war reconstruction. So he's been an active uh, an active in domestic and more sort of regional politics. Yeah, and I, I remember from the 1980s when I lived in the UK, you know, Margaret Thatcher was very prominent then. And I remember, you know, some of the debates that they used to have, they were often, you know, at each other's throats, uh, so to speak, about different issues. And, you know, he always was such a good orator. So uh, Paddy Ashton uh, dying at the age of 77 in the UK. Now, looking uh, at the US, uh, more turmoil uh, in the US presidential uh, situation with Donald Trump. We're going to talk more about the wall in a different segment. But uh, we are now seeing uh, Brett 
Girk, who is the U.S. Special Presidential Envoy for Global Coalition to Defeat IS. He's quit over the decision to pull troops from Syria. Of course, the U.S. announcing that uh, they are removing the troops from Syria and reducing the U.S. presence in Afghanistan. Uh, and we saw Defense Secretary Jim Mattis uh, step down on Thursday. It's been a heck of a week, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, yet another heck of a week. It seems like every time I'm on, we've had a heck of a week. <laughs> I think it's uh, every week this year. Jeez. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know, the, the the political turmoil in Washington is um, now you might you might say, hey, it's great. We're changing things and cleaning mm, it up and whatever. Disrupting. But, but yeah, mm. it's been a disruptive, whether that's a positive or a negative to you, depending on your political viewpoint. But yep. uh, certainly things have been disrupted. Mm. Um, as you mentioned, Secretary Mattis announced that he's stepping down and not retiring, but stepping down saying that the president deserves to have somebody who is more aligned with his, yeah. uh, which is not so veiled for, I don't agree with your, you know, yes. with, with the president's unilateral decision to pull uh, 2,000 troops uh, out, of, um, out of Syria immediately. And then Brett McGurk, who was the appointed actually by President Obama in 2015 mm. uh, as kind of the, the head uh, point of contact for what's happening in Syria, announced uh, just yesterday that, that he is uh, leaving effective immediately. He was supposed to step down in February next year. Excuse me. But he has decided he's going to go ASAP. Again, uh, this is widely seen as a, uh, a personal rebuke uh, toward the, the president's current policy of withdrawing the troops immediately and unilaterally. And we're seeing a response on Twitter. Where else from <laughs> Donald Trump? He said, Brett McGurk, who I do not know, was appointed by President Obama in 2015, was supposed to leave in February, but he just resigned prior to leaving. Grandstander, the fake news <laughs> is making such a big deal about this nothing event. Well, uh, you know, look, I don't know how much contact they actually had, but I have a hard time believing that the the president did not know Brett McGurk. I mean, he is the point guy <laughs> on Syria. So for him to say that in his tweet, I believe, uh, feels a bit disingenuous to me. It is true he was uh, president uh, appointed by President Obama, but but uh, President Trump chose to keep him on for two years, yes. you know, into the uh, the Trump administration. So clearly he. You know, he was doing something right, mm. uh, at least in those two years. Um, but and then the president's announcing that he is uh, he is not going to Florida. <laughs> he is going to stay at the White House uh, because of the shutdown. We're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, a little bit later. But mm. uh, another really really interesting week, uh, and that this has also led to uh, some some major drops in the stock market. Yeah, I was going to say because uh, the Dow dropped four hundred and fourteen points on Friday. To close at 22,445, it's staying on pace for the worst December since the Great Depression. Yeah, and the U.S. stocks in general, the worst weekly falls in a decade, right? Since 2008, right? Since 2008, and uh, that's widely the, the analysts are saying because of possible trade tensions, um, interest rate rises that the Fed has announced, uh, and the government shutdown, which we know is now mm. happening. Yeah. It was a possible at one point, and now it is happening, actually, uh, uh, as far as we know, until unless there's some last-minute change that we haven't heard about. But it, it's all happening now. Um, it's really tough. It's a tough time right now. Investors have been very, very happy with President Trump and how yep. things have been going with the economy. And many of them listening say, you might not like his personal style, but look, the economy is really doing yes. well. Well, not so much this week. Yes, indeed. Uh, we'll have no doubt uh, plenty on the stock market uh, during the week here on Money FM. But with uh, looking at sports now on our international news week in review. And, um, you know, Jose Mourinho left, of course, last week uh, from Manchester United and Oli Gunnar Solskjaer comes in as caretaker manager and they've had a terrible run in the Premier League, Glenn, as you know. 
Last night, 5-1 victory away to Cardiff City, and the, the goals were raining in. I mean, Joseph's Every, not going to be too happy about that. I was going to say, everyone's like, why did we get rid of him earlier? Why didn't he leave sooner? Uh, clearly, you know, something went right last night. Yeah, so. yeah. And I mean, this is, uh, the, I think, the best win for a long time. And interestingly enough, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, who's an ex-striker for Man United, Norwegian, you know, was the hero of the 99 sure. nine Champions League final. He used to manage Cardiff. So maybe that's, uh, he just managed them for a while, very unsuccessfully, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. And there he, his first game is against his old team. So what do you reckon? Is it just, a, you know, a shot of, of a, a new coach and a new kind of, well, caretaker coach? Uh, you know how does how does that affect the mindset, right? Well, I think I think you know it was so toxic. We can, we're seeing lots of reports about how toxic it was under Jose Mourinho, mm-hmm. and we know that in, you know in any sport there's always that kind of bounce back factor, isn't there? When a new coach comes in, the big question is: Will Manchester United be able to challenge the big teams sure. and get that top four finish, which they need to? But they're you know they're still a long way behind. What will the next few games look like, right? <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. So let's sit, wait and see with that. So for the moment, thank you very much to Glenn Van Zeffen from Van Media Group and former CNN. Anchor. We're going to have more from him shortly right here on Money FM 89.3.